Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. You. Well, well there's well, one edit I have to do. <laughs> it's easy. It's in the yeah, beginning. We'll, we'll start. True. Three, uh, two, true. one, go. Hello, Pringles. It's Pringles just, uh, <laughs> he set us off today. It's me, Julius Pringles. <laughs> Welcome right. to podcast two one eight seven. This okay. is a fabulous lifestyle of the rich and famous. Here's our first digression of uh, the day before we even introduce anybody, but I have to mention it. Our old friend Chuck Tingle inspired this one. Oh no! Well, I just I happened to be looking at something. It was one of those stupid clickbait articles. It's like you'll never guess what this person looks like now, and it was the cast of Hook. And I'm like, I love that movie. Like I know what most of those people look like now, but not the right. kids. Uh, even though I know that Charlie Cosmo, the kid from that, and uh, oh, uh, what's it called? The, Jurassic like Park. The, co- the coming of age movie uh, where, with like the same Seth, kid, by the way. Seth, Seth Green. Can't and, hardly wait. Yes, can't hardly wait. He, he was the nerd in that one. But like now he's like a think tank, like like uh, like a mathematician. Like he's a brilliant uh, mathematician. He works for some like big government think tank. But so I was like, I don't know what he looks like, and I have no idea what the little kid looks like who played uh, his sister. And uh, when I got to her, it had like information on her, or whatever. And she writes Chuck Tingle esque novels. <laughs> and I was like, Come on, I don't want to know this, Jared. It's so weird. How did that happen? It's like that's she, Mark uh, introduced. Mark introduced me, so I'm introducing Mark. We're Jared and Mark. And we're here with she, Tim. <laughs> she's on the street corner, and she eats her own feces. That's what she's up to lately. It's like, hey, why Chuck don't, Tingle makes a living, at least. <laughs> I know, I understand, but why don't want to? Why don't want to know that the the sweet little girl from Hook turned out to like write erotic fiction? <laughs> I don't need weird. to know this. It just makes me feel old too to think like that. She's like, yeah, a, you know, an adult. Yeah, well, you know, Chuck Tingle, whatever. It's weird how kids just a few years younger than you as a kid grow up with. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Though. It feels strange. Like when you don't see anyone, whether they're from your own life or from the public eye, they don't, yeah, kid, uh, they don't, they don't, kid, you don't assume them their age, you know, in the back of your head. A kid kind of somewhat older than me a little bit turned out to be Thanos. So, uh, you know, I remember seeing Josh Brolin as like the older brother who, you know, in Goonies and now he's, uh, between That's Sicario weird, right? and playing George W. Bush and Thanos and Cable. Well, all right. He's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so Hi, welcome to Podcast 2187. This is episode 117. Just is it throwing really that in there. It is. What's the golden anniversary one? Are we, we have to wait till 125 or something to be a big one? Is that the next? I, I, I guess 150. I don't know. 125. Uh, do, do we do the 25s or we wait till 150, then 200, and then it's 200, 300, 400, and it's 500? Oh. Did you just say 500? <laughs> I think we're jumping uh, ahead a little bit. No, I'm sorry. I meant 50. Excuse me. Because if you said 500, like my, my heart just stopped for a second. The rate we're going, we're gonna have Star Wars until then. Well, I mean that that is true. And right. speaking of, the latest in Star Wars has been Star Wars Resistance. Whoa, nice segue, Timothy. I was about to say I'm gonna be the king of segues tonight. You watch you ready? Yeah, because Jared and I will get sidetracked. We need you to segue us back. Well, I'm gonna do it, so you better be ready. Right, um go. Star Wars Resistance. So Yeah, boy. We've had a couple new episodes since we were here last time. And what overall, Mark, like give one sentence that 
summarizes your feelings on the show for the past couple of weeks. Oh crap! <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I could do. I don't know if I could do a a, a one sentence. Uh, what is his name? Kaz? Is that his name? Yes. He did an exit stage left in the latest episode, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's what type of show this is." He did the thing where he like he goes one way, but then exits the other way, and I was like, "Yeah, this is really, this is really one of those shows." <laughs> I I All enjoy right. I enjoy watching it every week, but then I completely forget about it. Other than I like the fact that two weeks ago they talked about how. And this is an odd thing to enjoy, but I enjoyed that they talked about Kylo Ren slaughtering a village. No, okay, so you say that, and, and I was thinking the same kind of thing, where the reason I like it is not at face value of what it says, but I like it because it gives a little bit of context background to uh, The Force Awakens and what we see him there with the beginning on Jakku. And it just provides, like, what the old EU did for the original trilogy, like, now Resistance is kind of starting to add more, I guess, to that for the sequel trilogy as far as just side perspectives and that kind of stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, he's out there. He's out there. I don't know what he's looking for to, to where he'd go slaughter a village. But at the same time, you know, his rumor is starting to build that, that right. you know, there's this guy named Kylo Ren. And I think the other thing that's cool about it, you know, uh, the other news that came out today, and I think the other day, as well, it almost feels like the, it was the same news, but that resistance will run alongside as far as the timeline, the Force Awakens, and possibly beyond. So I think that's interesting that you know you may have it run concurrently with the the sequel trilogy films. And, and what kind of uh, tools do you think they could use to expand their storytelling of the movies, like? Going back to, I know we said this before, but with um, Saul Guerrero being in uh, Rebels around the time that Rogue One was coming out, what kind of peripheral presence can Resistance have to uh, any other projects relating to the current era for Star Wars? You know, I don't know about a lot of other people, but his dad, uh, Kaz's dad's on Hosnian Prime currently right now as the, as the show's going. Right. So that's going to be a big deal if his dad gets obliterated within the show, because that's what, uh, you know, that, that's the planet that. Spoiler alert for episode seven. Go on. Yeah, seriously. If you haven't seen it, I'm not <laughs> sure why you're listening to the show, but that's the, the planet that the Starkiller base blows up. Yes. So, I, you know, I, I think it's going to add a little bit of a, I love this word, gravitas to uh <laughs> to the show it's it's gonna it's gonna you know make it a little bit more adult and and the other word so. that you used a bunch with rebels uh, a little bit more consequential am i right yes boy but you know here and here's the odd thing it's just gauging the internet was a buzz with rebels um you know a day or two after it premiered and i don't i don't have anything on filter on on uh, the internet that would block, you know, resistance conversations from my feed. So it's not the same level of like interest. It feels like it feels like people aren't like, oh yeah, let's talk about resistance. It's like here's my review of resistance. It was you, good. 
Do you think that's partially just like where we're at right now? Because I remember, I I know what you're talking about, and it also feels like just like just the not even comic and and genre nerd websites like most of the ones I frequent, but just like television and entertainment websites had articles about how well the Rebels premiere did, and had articles on how you know successful the show was, and how for the for uh, thinking Star Wars was at this point, and they were gonna you know. They're excited they were for all the new stuff. Like it feels like part of it is just that now that we're in that era and that show's done, like it's like it's not it's not the same. This isn't a bold new era of Star Wars. This is this next step in Disney Star Wars. It's from people who we're mostly familiar with, even though Filoni's not like behind the driver's seat the same way he has been. It's all people who've like worked on either Clone Wars and or uh, Rebels for the most part. You know, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think it's been written off. Uh... To a large scale, uh, I don't know what the ratings are, but I think for the most part, it's it's pretty inconsequential as far as the bigger storyline goes. You know, and and, and we're going to talk about this obviously when when we talk about the next you know uh, news that that happened recently as far as the the new Disney Plus series, but a lot of it happens. You know, I, I mean, granted, it, it's not the same, but prequels can feel inconsequential as far as the larger story goes. Um, especially when it's like this one, it's so close to The Force Awakens that you know nothing major is going to happen. Uh, at least with Rebels a little bit, it was a large area of story that hadn't been told. You know, what happens after, you know, the after Order 66 in the new canon anyways. Um, uh, I, you know, especially with the birth of, of the rebellion, I think with this one, it's like there's not much that's going. He's a racer. He hasn't even built his first. He hasn't even built his racer, right? Right, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're they're moving really. They're moving. It, it's interesting because because I've always heard that a lot of times they don't want sequential storytelling, especially in uh, oh. in kids animation. They want it kind of to stand on its own so that any of these shows can be watched by themselves uh, and reruns. But there is a little bit of sequential storytelling going on. Uh, each one's kind of building on the other. Some of the major characters that, that they've introduced, especially in the behind-the-scenes stuff, hasn't even still hasn't even made an appearance. Um, and then we're still getting different ones that you're wondering how this person's going to contribute to the show. So, uh, Well, I... I I was wondering with the last episode where they kind of give uh, Kaz the shot with Poe and the X-Wing and all that. I'm wondering if at some point they're going to transition to where instead of the crew he's with now being the main focus of his story, I'm wondering if they're going to transition to a point where each episode is him doing a resistance adventure, so to speak. And at the end of the day, he goes back to the home base, which is... Yeah, right. I mean... We want that, or we're interested in that. But by this, by the same token, are the people who've possibly, you know, become invested in the people that that are on the was it the Colossus? That, that the name sounds of right. The, yeah, I mean the monolith, the Colossus, whatever this big, you know, floating ship or base is in the ocean. Um, you know, that's the story can't stay there forever. Just like Lothal could not be the the home base of of stories uh, for Rebels forever either. So perhaps 
these racers at some point transition into resistance fighters because they're all great pilots. Well, and see, and I feel like if it does, that might be intended to be like a big moment in the series. But it would be great. Well, it would be, it would awesome be great, but does. the the rate it's going, I feel like that's more of a setup than a big moment, like a setup for the rest of the series, not a pivot in the story of the series. You know what I mean? Like, do you know, like offhand, other than the Greedo looking dude, um, who are the other racers? I don't know anything about them, really. I know one's supposed to be like the Russian type of racer. The other guy is, uh, the, I don't the, even know if we. The head guy's daughter. I forget her name. Yeah. The one Kaz chose to go against. But right? she's barely been in the show. Yeah. The the former uh, Thai pilot. Right. That's the right. only one I was thinking of. But I don't think, Tim, have we seen him yet? Really? I think we said that. I think I asked this last episode that we had a podcast on, but have we? We hadn't when I the last one I've seen he he wasn't if he was in it he was like barely in it well like pretty not, much not but featured like, to Mark's point pretty much all of the racers haven't really been in it a whole lot more than appearances essentially and nor nor has racing even really been much of an issue yeah they they made a big deal about the that was it the second episode I think when he had the race Kaz did and then otherwise it's really more of a setting yeah backdrop than more than like yeah. a plot. And I'm interested in it. I watch all of it, you know, and and it premieres for me. It shows up on my uh, on-demand first thing Sunday morning when I wake up, and I usually watch it before noon, and I enjoy it. I have no issues with it. But again, it's just one of those things that it's like, okay, cool, I got got some Star Wars stuff. It's not anything that's like, you know, I'm going to scream from the rooftops on how fantastic it is. I'm happy that we have it, but, you know, it's one of the, it's just one of those things that if somebody says, "Hey, do you like resistance?" It's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, you should give it a watch. It's 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 fun. It, you know, one thing that did occur to me though, while we were watching, or when I was watching the uh, episode most from last night, um, I feel it's getting to the point where I feel like I've seen it before with what they've been doing for the past few episodes. This, I, I don't know how much this has to do with the writing versus Dave Filoni versus like Lucasfilm. I don't know, but. It just seems to me like like after the first two minutes of the episode, I knew how the rest was going to go because I've already seen yeah. this between Rebels and Clone Wars both. I like uh, to uh, see something that's a little bit original as far as the like the overall plot, you know, like with the kids. You know, I was like, okay, this is cool and all, but we know how this is going to go. It's pretty. It's a pretty safe. Uh, uh, it's an accurate response. I just and I don't know what it would look like to have. Well, yeah, I do. Like explore with the racers more and show what this era of the actual resistance is like more. And maybe they'll get there. I don't want to be too harsh on the first half of the first season, but at the same time, this is when you got to get people hooked the most. So yeah, I don't but know. they're not really they're not really uh, they're not really setting up the fact that we're going to tell you how the first order came to be or how they exist in this world with you know the the new republic they're just they're there you know the only thing that's interesting is they're not they're allowed to operate but they're not allowed to be a holes so to speak does that make sense yeah like the resistance can't just come in like the empire and start demanding things they sort of have to act like the mob in a yeah, sense because they're not they're not like the reigning uh organization currently right Right. They're, they're more like, hey, go ahead and pay me uh, some protection money. 
uh, sort of deal rather than, you know, we are the, you know, government, so to speak. So it, that, that's a little bit interesting, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I'm not going to get larger uh, global political information from this show. So, But at the same time, they could they could do it on a small scale. You know, they could have... Like, like for example, with Clone Wars, Hondo and the Pirates, you know, or like bounty hunters, like the, the two factions really going against each other rather than this group of Kaz and his friends versus whatever random for sort of people they come across. Let's get some smaller factions fighting against each other. It doesn't have to be the big uh, galactic war, but just something that has like a logo and branding that we can get behind and team up with other than just Kaz and friends. We're only what six episodes in this, seven episodes maybe. And there's 22 this season. So, and again, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it'll increase and, and, and kind of go toward this direction. I don't want to be too hard on it, but my only concern is this is again where you have to hook people the most. So this is where you're going to want to start out strong, get people interested, take you through your stories, do your thing. You know, you'll have your your moments, all that, but I just don't want them to start low and then build throughout the series because by the time it gets to the point where it gets really good, like in my opinion with Rebels, there are times when it was starting to get really, really good and it was too late by then for a lot of people. I also think that anything that, from this point forward, anything that has its premiere on the Disney Channel will be lower tier. That would make sense. You look at, you know, it, it's designed more for, it's not necessarily designed more for children, but for lack of a better word, it is. Well, no, it absolutely is. It's, it, it's, and there's nothing wrong with being kids programming specifically instead of all ages programming like Star Wars in general, I think. It's like, and you look at the stuff, I've talked about it before, you look at the animated shows from Marvel on Disney and they're not even sort of taken seriously like, like they act like they're in the same world as as the movies but they know they're not you know they introduce stuff early they do stuff however they want and they they utilize the full you know range of the, of the comic characters and i feel like we're not at that stage yet because they still want everything to be connected but there's only a matter of time before i think there's another show that's more like freemaker adventures and lego star wars and kind of isn't supposed to count you know i think that there's only a matter of time before we get an ewoks-esque show eventually on the disney channel especially with with the stuff we're going to segue into right well and if this is going to be going on for a long period of time this is also going to be going at the same time we're going to have clone wars on uh, disney plus mm-hmm. and i'm wondering i don't know maybe not but i'm wondering if that's going to affect the viewership of this at all it, not completely again if this is intended for an audience other than the older aged Star Wars fans from, I don't know how else to put it. Like that sounds weird, but I think you know what I mean. Maybe if they have Clone Wars to kind of fill that animation void, so to speak, maybe they start pulling away from resistance and they might not care. I don't know, but I just wonder if that affects it at all. I feel like there's no way they're going to, they're going to not have a show on Disney for star wars of some kind like because it's a disney property it's like look at how many marvel shows they have right now they have a black panther show an avengers show uh a series of mini series with the secret warriors uh like marvel rising or whatever it's called and spider-man like like they have tons of shows on and they had recently had like a guardian to the galaxy show like i don't know i i feel like it, m- 
Star Wars is too important to Disney's bottom line for them to back off. So could it be by by design, perhaps, where they're going to have Clone Wars running for those who prefer that at the same time? Because they don't want to compete with themselves, maybe. So like they'll have a different show set for a different audience on a different platform. On some level, that does make sense. Like, like there's this very specific audience I think that you know, still watches live TV. That is kids coming home from school or whatever. That that is that is like what Disney Channel is trying to touch. You know, like where people who are watching stuff on a streaming site are going to be just in general. They're, they're going to include kids, but it's going to be more, I think, a broad base. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how how they divide it, but you know, I. I I think ultimately this type of stuff will stay in one side and the more adult, even the more adult themed animation will go towards Disney plus. I think so. Well, we had a tweet come in by the way. I want to, cause it's related to resistance from one of our awesome listeners. It's, this is Joey. We're not talking about Noah this time. Uh, the, our awesome listener, Joey said, uh, that first off, he missed us and can't wait to listen. So first off, thank you. Uh, also, I really want to like resistance more, but I don't. I did like the episode with the two kids, though. Like, finally, a mission or something like that. And we need more flying. I actually want to see the aces in action, is what Joey said. I can't disagree with any of it. I mean, Yeah, that all sounds right to me. Yeah, my favorite episode so far probably was the one with the kids. And and because that built upon, you know, some of the stuff we know already from, uh, you know, from The Force Awakens. It, It talked about Kylo Ren. It mentioned him by name. It had, you know, stormtroopers come after uh, Kaz and start sort of infiltrating. So Phasma was there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what we're interested in and seeing. And so I, I get that. I just don't know if we're going to get that all the time. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we move on, though, uh, first, Mark, I'm assuming you still like the animation, though, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I guess. And, and even more so, anything involving uh, the spaceships is amazing. Absolutely wonderful. I have no complaints about that. So there, there's X-Wings in this latest episode, and, it, and it's so nice to see. Um, they, they do no wrong with the animation for ships, so I, I can't really complain. Well, And before we go on to the next point, let me just ask everybody, so far, who would you say is your favorite character in resistance from what we've been exposed to oh god (laughs) phasma okay (laughs) let me rephrase what new character is your favorite so far from what we've been exposed to regarding resistance i i i like the german uh resist not resistance but the the first order pilot Eric von uh, Klockenstein, whatever his name is. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> I don't have yeah, a favorite I mean, yet. Uh, okay, so I, I was just say really? I mean, I've been really entertained by Niku overall. Which one's like Niku? The nerd right. one, that, the dumb one. <laughs> well, the green one, who's very specific and clear. I don't know. Oh. I'd say he's dumb. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that's right. Is so is he the is the is he the Drax of the uh, resistance? Sort of. He's definitely socially he takes awkward. Everything as f- at face value. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Super literal. All right. Well. Okay. I I, I get why you're willing to defend uh, or argue with my dumb point, but you know, <laughs> I, I come from a different era. 
Yeah, it feels harsh to me, but I know what you mean. <laughs> I also, I also, I also, you know, taught early, which you don't get to call kids dumb no matter what. He's not a kid, Jared. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I still see people through that lens, you know. Okay, how about stupid? It still feels quite harsh, but super literal. <laughs> how about doofus? That one, that, that one I can take. That one I okay. would agree with. Like, how about, uh, and then they have to bleep mark out, so probably not. Socially awkward. No, oh, definitely. I, that's, that's actually what I was going to say. Go. There we go. No, he's, yeah. he's super socially awkward, for sure. I didn't go into any other word that nowadays is unacceptable either. I appreciate that. Could yeah, be so taken, why for editing purposes? No, well, no, no. Because it could be taken as, I think, in a wrong way or as like, I don't know, just, I don't know, using oh, language. I think I got you. Perhaps. But I know what you mean. No, there's some, there's definitely, there's definitely, uh, that's actually one of the, it's oddly, you know, if, if this, it, anyways, it's got to be the same <laughs> damn word we're all thinking of, but I don't like using that word. No, I don't at all. I, it's something that very used close to, to home for me. Okay to, used to be okay to use, and, and now and, uh, I'm cool. I'm cool. There's many other words I can use that, that uh, don't mean that. Yep. Well, Mark, I find your response vague and unconvincing. Oh, you know who said that? K2. Who owns K2? Cassian. Speaking hey. of Cassian. Whoa, speaking of Cassian. They announced recently by they, I mean the overlords at Disney, that there's going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service, in addition to Star Wars The Clone Wars, and in addition to The Mandalorian, we're getting another live-action Star Wars TV show there. That's it? No reaction? This is the fr- I'm breaking this news right now. What? And you, you know get- you're not breaking that news. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's exciting. That's... Uh- I'm very excited about it. He's one of my is favorite characters. Is Cassian Andor is getting his own TV show, live action. Exciting? Diego Luna is starring in it. My I first was... question is: K two going to be in it? Well, yeah. Yes. I would really. Th- I would hope so. Is like, he going to snap some mother? Oh, sorry. <laughs> great, great. And with our new setup, I don't have a timer anymore, so that means I'm going to have sorry. to like. Is he going to snap somebody's stuff. neck? Is he going to snap somebody's neck? Like. In an old 80s movie? I hope no. so. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> so. Are you uh, talking about like, like, like in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie or something? Where some, some dude in a Kumite match grabs somebody and snaps their neck? <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. Well, okay, Mark, at this point, I have to find it anyway. I'll have to search through and weed through everything to get it at this point. Why don't you it just get about, it all out now? It is about 30 minutes into the podcast. Roughly. But again, why don't you just go ahead and just get them all out now since I have to find this anyway? No, I have nothing else to say. I just, on, oh, you don't? On, we'll, we'll, we'll put, put in a, like a, a bank note and just do it now. Jeez, Tim. <laughs> stop. Stop. Okay? Don't be like a jilted girlfriend. It's where you're like, you want to cheat? Go cheat. You want to cheat? Go ahead. Do it. Go sleep with all the girls if you want. Don't be like, all, all I can think of is that Simpsons moment where the, right. the little kid is crying and says, stop hitting him. He's all dead. <laughs> okay, you know, I, I was just trying to offer you an opportunity. There, there wasn't a whole lot of spite just, there. The, but all The right. thing is, listen, listen, Linda, listen. Right now, we've got Cassian. We've got the lighter side of Cassian. 
so is this going to be the harsh Cassian that we saw at the very beginning of Rogue One to where he's like killing people well, that are on his side technically. Well, and like when he's talking to uh, Jin on the ship and he says, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. There is a lot of uh, memory and emotion when he says that. I don't want to see six-year-old Cassian, do you? Well, well, no, well, <laughs> no, but like, I, I think I'm, it's more I'm than just what he's it, trying to convey at that moment. I think you're going to see it. Is flashback, but it's lost style. Each episode half is a flashback to six-year-old Cassian. Uh, I'm going to kill you! Yeah, just like training. <laughs> like that sucks! Tra- training Batman style, but like Star Wars Batman, like like going across the galaxy, training with different people to be an expert. You know, at, like we're gonna super de age Diego Luna. Yeah, that's right. They'll use that technology to make him sick. <laughs> they'll use, they'll use the, <laughs> the Ant Man technology to Michael yeah. Douglas de aging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean, like, if, you, no, if you think about it, though, to de age Michael Douglas to like the seventies or whatever is the same, you know, math as the aging Diego Luna. Well, at the same time, are are they, Hey, are they going to de-age K2? Yes. He will just be, he'll be a a program in a bunch of parts. It'll be like a a flash drive. (laughs) It'll be a box. It'll be a kit to put together. Uh, I really want it to be like a flash drive with just K2SO written on it. Like, what's this? I don't know. We'll find out one day. What I, I for me like it it opens up uh, opportunities for other shows that might be cool, you know. Like I don't know. Well, Even first off, Nest and her mom miniseries, like like with the legacy of the what? Infus Nest's mom, like passing down, like like oh, that okay. that name. Like, like I just feel like like maybe Guardians of the Wills, like something with those dudes. Well, so like the Infus Nest, that's a whole separate thing we can get to in a second. But Mark, overall, your thoughts on the Cassian series? What do you think about it? Because I know what you've said be- before we started recording seems not quite like I was thinking it would be it's con- so- controversial, uh, yeah, at least. No, you know it's. Um... <sighs> I will watch it. I'm interested in seeing it, but I think at this point, the idea that uh, we need more prequels to prequels needs to stop. I already know how Cassian ends his life and they're not going to show me, you know, a ton of time between you're not going to show me Cassian when he's six. You're going to show me maybe Cassian two years before, Mm -hmm. you know, before rogue one. And so you already know what's going to happen to him. So there's not much, at stake as far as his character goes. But here's my counter to you. If it was a movie, I definitely see what you mean. But my, my initial, like, devil's advocate-esque, which I don't always love, uh, <laughs> initial, like, just gut response is, but, like, we know every season of Daredevil, you know Daredevil's going to make it. He's not going to die. Okay. And that's your only criticism there. Is we know that Cassian's going to live. And he's going to move on to the next, that next step. But, you know, you can end up but, in Rogue One. So you can still tell an interesting story, even though we know that he's going to end up okay. Like, I but know. You think, of, you think of all the things that they could do, that this is the one that screams series? Honestly, in some ways, like, like, like a, I, I can see it being cool because he is like a spy. Like, it'd be cool to see a spy but during there are tons the of episodes of written for, for Star Wars Underworld. Tons. Well, yeah. But if you they can want to retool them a little bit. But just imagine, you know, f- just imagine a Crimson Dawn te- television series, okay? That involves Darth Maul and Kira and bounty hunters and Jabba and all the cool crap. 
out there in Star Wars world. See, and honestly, that's that's another thing that this feels like it it's because it is such a big thing to go back to Rogue One and, and do Diego Luna doing that. Like it feels like that just opens it up, opens up beyond Mandalorian, which is well, it is interesting to me. I know it's like exactly your bread and butter, like it seems made for you. Like like it 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 feels like they're opening it up to like directly involving the stuff we've already seen before in the movie. So it feels like if anything, if this Diego Luna show does well, that means we might get to see what you just described. It's you know gonna, what I mean? Like, it's going to well, do well. It's going to do well regardless. And I think ultimately the idea of uh, uh, a Star Wars story films is no more. I think it's a Star Wars story television series. Yeah, there'll be mini series. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, here's, here's eight, here's eight, uh, you know, episodes on Cassian. I hope you like it. Because next time it's eight episodes on Enfys Ness or eight episodes well, on, you know, Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Right? Because what did we say right before the Loki we did. Uh, uh, rumor and right before like, it all is coming, to get, coming together? What did we say? We said we thought Alden Ehrenreich's, there's no way in today's uh, modern uh, <laughs> environment of multimedia BS that Disney and Lucasfilm didn't. They, they, they overly specified, but they said, "Oh no, it has to be a feature film." Nope, didn't say jack crap about that. It could be a Netflix <laughs> film, it could be a Disney Plus film, and it probably will be a Disney Plus film slash miniseries at this point. Like, and right know, now, we don't know how that language is. Like it might yeah, not. But be right like, now, if you think about it, Jared, what would do better? In, just in your own initial uh, opinion, what would do better on Netflix? A story that involved the characters or actors that we met in solo or a story that involved Diego Luna as Cassian. What would have more views? I mean, I honestly don't know. I mean, off the top of my head, Rogue One, I know did so much better than Han Solo. I like, I know, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, like the characters of Han Solo, who Han Solo and, and Kira and sure. Do you think, do you think think Alden Ehrenreich is Han Solo do you think a television series with Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo and uh, uh, I can't want to say Donald is it, it is Donald Glover as uh, Lando? You think there more people would watch that or more people would watch the Cassian series? Probably that, but I don't, honestly don't know. Probably like, what? Like pro- probably uh, Han and Lando. But but I, I agree. And throw throw in uh, throw in Boba Fett in there. Even better, throwing Java in there. Even in some what ways, you, exactly. In some ways, exactly what you were talking about with the prequel stuff is sort of how I feel, especially because of of how Solo did shake out. Everything we've ever heard Han mention happened in that movie. So then, everything that's going to happen in this series is not worth mentioning. <laughs> On some level, that's that is my like gut reaction, just personally. And I, I, I like I said, I think you're probably right that it would do better, but it just also feels like weak like what like weeks weak mining for story uh potential to me you make me cry jared it's just how i feel man like <laughs> it didn't make me want to see more of them specifically like it made me want to see more of the the crimson dawn stuff like i wanted to see where that goes sort of and i want to see more of like, it, was it, there it, anything that made me go that made you go i need to see cassian's backstory oh well no like, no 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 here's the thing that's why I think there's some 
potential misinterpretation. I feel like this isn't going to be a series about Cassian as a person. Like Han Solo's movie was about Han Solo. I don't think this is a series about Cassian. I think it's a series of the early days of the rebellion and how it works out through the perspective of Cassian. Because who better to show us how it was looking than someone who's been in it for pretty much his whole life, who's already known and liked. So you think we're going to have like Mon Mothma, Bail Organa in it? Uh, Be pretty else? rad. Hey, you know me, I want more General Merrick. I, didn't, but, I, need, I need more Ben Daniels in my life. And they say it's, you know, like a spy thriller adventure kind of thing. So it will be largely focused on him and his missions. But again, I don't think it's about him as a person primarily. I think it's a look at the resistance from Well, I think even him. if you do think of it as him as a person, to me, just the idea of these spy missions and stuff, like, sure, there's been spy shows like Alias that are very much like who that person is on the inside. And then there's spy stuff like James Bond, where it's like, what is James? who is James Bond as a person? He likes getting drunk having sex and and fighting for democracy and like that's it like that's all i know about james bond i've seen <laughs> you forgot I, drinking I, oh, I, yeah. I started with getting drunk and, uh, and oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. No, does, like, he, does he ever get drunk except for when he's pining over someone who's dead no the rest of the time he holds While he's it sitting well. in a shower or something no no you're right the rest of the time he, he does hold it pretty well but to be fair too every version of james bond we get will do that at least once if not like twice or three times there there is no, on there, there for is james no bond, by way. the way there's no better way to get over a woman or to cry over a woman that has died than to sit in a shower on the floor. It just it, it's I guess someone who's Which struggled with depression most. Think about it. Oh, for sure. And as someone who's <laughs> struggled with depression most of his life, I've sat on my fair fair, fair uh, share of uh, shower floors, and like it is that's a that's a great just way to like show I feel like depression comfy, and grief. It definitely it's, can be. It can. It definitely. It can It'd be very nice. Can be very nice. Uh, yeah, no, I like. I uh, I feel like you could do a show that is about him without being like a character piece about him, like you're saying, Tim, the same way uh, or similarly. Like it's not the same as like it's about his origins. It's not. It's not the secret story of how Cassian came to be the man we we know. It's just stuff featuring that man we know going on crazy adventures, like like and and make you know crisscrossing across the galaxy to make. There was uh, another resistance or rebellion, what it was. And I feel like that could be a lot of fun. You could, you could have people, like you said, you could have uh, uh, Bon Mothma and Bail Organa and the other guys, Fars, Fars, or whatever, the, all the different senators. You meet all those guys. And you like the way cool senators with, with cool outfits, let's, let's have them hang out. And like the way we come across Maul in Solo and the way we come across Tarkin in Rogue One, I feel like we can have that same kind of thing where we have people like Enfys Nest and Mon Mothma or whoever entered this picture. Am I the uh, only person? Am I the only person who doesn't give a crap about an Infus Nest? Uh, maybe I, I think she's pretty probably. Rad. Got a cool outfit. Yeah, I liked her her whole swagger. I liked. It. Well, it's just it feels like there's a rich um, character potential there that is right for now being left alone. Well, so I like I just, the baked I like the in, options. I like the baked in possibility of like the legacy aspect too. Cause she talks about how she got the mantle for, and the name from her mom. And I, I like that. We don't have a whole lot of mother daughter legacies in star Wars or in action pop culture in general. And it'd be cool. And, and uh, I'm all on board with the concept of not everything in star Wars needs to be explained, have its own book. I'm, I'm in line with that, but with something as prominent of a character as she was in solo, like f- for the period of time that she was in it, she was I'm really more interested relevant. in knowing how the one dude from Phantom Menace 
you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Weasel. Weasel. Yes, made it from there to Enfys Nest. That needs to be its own series. <laughs> I just remember that fateful uh, April Fools years ago, where Leland Chi was still just working on the uh, website, and he changed Wikipedia's entry or or the uh, or the whatever the Galactic Encyclopedia, the data bank, the data bank, on the official Star Wars website. He changed it to saying that uh, w- Willow was canon, and that Willow was like having some sort of crazy, like weird dream crap or like i think he maybe he had had amnesia but he ended up being i think uh that guy weasel and that makes me super super happy but uh yep planet and a wine gonna happen someday they'll merge willow into star wars well the fact the fact that they're talking about having a willow television series on disney plus makes me very happy i would be super into that uh yeah just period i love everything about that you know, have to oh. have a viewing party. See, now I that love Willow, and now that they have Disney Plus, I wonder what kind of risks they are willing to take in a series. Like, for example, when it's on ABC, like there's, you know, they're not going to do a Willow TV show. But now that they have one, did they like really evaluate it? Were they like, hey, let's do a Willow TV show while we're at it? You know, like what kind of risks do you think they are willing to take or do for these things? Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the smartest thing, and I, and I and I tweeted about this the other day, is like, let's take Doctor Strange, for example. So you get everybody together for the next Doctor Strange movie. But then you also look at, okay, what can I do with the assets from everybody here to make a series for Disney Plus? So maybe they go, okay, let's make a, let's make a Wong eight-part series. You've already got uh, Benedict Wong there on set. You've already got the sets together, the costumes together. So you throw together something that's, that's interesting using the, the money that you've already spent on the feature film, using the actors that are already there for the feature film to then create, you know, a spinoff. That's like, it's like BBC and HBO and uh, TV Italia or whatever. When they make, when they co-produced Rome, they made permanent sets because uh, in Italy, because they were like, Hey, we could just all use these whenever we need to do a Rome thing. <laughs> right. Like, right. Yes. They're like brilliant. And like, and like, you're exactly <laughs> right. Like, like, like that is cost effective to do that. It, it really is. And at the same time, you've already, ha- you're, you'll already have a built-in base for this type of show. You'll have people go, oh, yeah, I want to see Wong from, uh, you know, from uh, Doctor Strange. Or I want to see Baron Mordo from Doctor Strange. Or, or the one that, that I keep coming back to is that why couldn't you just use any, like, if you're going to build Wakanda, right, for the next Black Panther 2, why couldn't you just retool it a little bit and tell the story of, of uh, Black Panther's father, T'Chaka? Oh, and no, so and I, people would love that, and they already oh, cast, yeah, you know, like a, like a '90s action film. It'd be fantastic. And they already cast the the real life son of the guy who played older T'Chaka as younger T'Chaka, in you know, for that flashback scene. And he was awesome; like he was great. Right. <laughs> and and so, good call, dude. That's a good. That's a super good call. No, and people and have talked about too, like how it could how they could save money on sets by doing a show based out of that Oakland outreach center starring someone the other day had suggested uh, a show starring, uh, uh, what's your say? Oh, uh, Nakia, Nakia. And, uh, I said, you know, because the way they ended it, like have a show starring her and Shuri, like, and, and segue her segue a Shuri spinoff out of it. Like where she does it as her own movie. But 
start off with the two of them working out of the outreach center with her doing tech and helping kids in the lo local level and uh, Nakia like going out and doing spy missions based out of there and her outfitting her with tech. Like there's so many things they could do that could be cost effective or make some sort of sense. And they could do the same thing with star Wars, especially while they have sets built and around and like, and I, and I honestly think that's the way that it's going to be going forward, that it, it may not happen right now with star Wars, but I think in the future, that's what we're going to see. You, you, you know, you're, you'll see like, you know, uh, a Finn spinoff or a Phasma spinoff. Now that they're, now that they would already have her together, let's, let's do a series about her, you know, five, ten years ago while she's already here on set and she already has she's already taken the time out of her schedule to to make a movie. So let's use her while she's here to film, you know, maybe a four why can't you why can't there be a four episode television series? Why does everything have to be twelve or eight or whatever? I would why like to introduce you to Britain. Because <laughs> they do stuff like that every once in a while. They'll be like, it's a three-part prestige series, and we're never going to revisit it because we don't care. <laughs> this guy had the idea. Like They do that all the time. It's like one lady will have written every episode, and one guy will have directed every episode, and they just do it. And it's like – that happens all the time where it's just – like with a very, very rare exception, all these like second half of the survivors, spoilers for Lost, like, like all these other survivors, like almost all of them die off and are relatively inconsequential to the overall story because it was, they were just killing time, treading waters while they tried to figure out how to extend their overall storyline. We're getting and, another Lost, I guarantee it. Oh, I think I you're probably right. It. And we're getting it, another Alias. I would be okay with Alias. Oh, but, 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 like, it feels like... That was a rich enough concept. They wouldn't even need to reboot it. They could just keep it going. They sort of prepped it. They introduced a blonde lady to like take over for her in the last season. If, yeah, if it done. had done well enough. Oh, I know. I'm not saying they should bring her back. I'm just saying I think they could keep the world. They could use Jennifer Garner and uh, what's his face, Victor Garber, and reintroduce it. You know, I love that. I loved that show. That show was awesome. It was. The it was like. Really good. It was. It was James Bond meets Da Vinci Code. It was. It was insane, but it was right. great. And they snuck in the weird sci-fi Da Vinci Code crap. But, but, but like the first season, that's so subtle. But like you know, by the third one, it's like we got to find this ancient clock and the immortal man. You know, in Venice, or you know, or we're never gonna figure out Rimbaldi's secrets. <laughs> it's like so. Well, so one one other question I, I have about the. The is overall related to <laughs> it's not uh, about the overall like the the streaming service kind of is and this is gonna be like a soapbox for a minute thing for me just like the feasibility of it now i'm sure they're gonna find a way to do it and do it well but they're coming up with like high quality stuff here as far as the actors and the the graphics that are going to be needed and everything so while we have avengers movies ongoing and the marvel disney plus movies and star wars movies and the Star Wars Disney Plus series and what, whatever else they're going to be doing. Like between Avengers and their series, Star Wars and their series, uh, ILM already. Either, either they're going to be stretched kind of thin or doubling on resources or they're going to bring someone else in. And the whole reason that um, Underworld was kind of cut down from being a show on, on TV years ago was the budgeting of it and the feasibility of making this show. So obviously they found a way. I know the first party uh, streaming service that they're providing gives them more leeway too and stuff like that. But I mean, are we going to see any like cuts in quality or losses or anything noticeable that's going to be different? 
because these aren't 100% efforts in the movies like we are used to seeing. I mean, whoever works on it will give 100% their effort. That's not what I'm saying. Just the resources, I mean, they can't be the same that would go into something like The Force Awakens, right? Well, I, I think if you look at, honestly, I think if you look at Solo right now, uh, it, it sh- it, it's television quality as far as I'm concerned. There, There's nothing greater there than you won't see in an average episode of... Uh, you know, Game of Thrones or, or like a I don't know, Netflix series like Altered Carbon or something. The special effects are not groundbreaking. They're pretty standard. Yeah, and so, the evolution, the rate at which that stuff, you know, expands, the most cutting-edge crap that's going to be in the next Avengers and the next Star Wars is already, you know, so many steps and leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, The Force Awakens. But at the same time, to the average viewer, does that feel that bad? And the Force Awakens stuff, like, like I feel like, is comparable to stuff we see, and uh, you know, uh, to, for the most part, on these these services at this point, you know, on premium cable and streaming stuff. There's a little bit of a, uh, maybe just the slightest bit in qual- dip in quality compared to the the best of the most you know outrageous film stuff. But we're not talking about like like it's not. 2008 and it's not like the crazy like rise of the 3d stuff you know what i mean like 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 i don't feel like we need to worry about it being like every episode being this crazy experience well yeah but it's just as far as resources so for example do we think that i mean i don't know do we think that between the avengers movies series star wars movies and series is ilm going to do all of them ilm doesn't do all of everything anyways anymore yeah, Avengers and all that stuff is patchwork. Like, there's tons of companies working on all that stuff. Right, but they still have like a team fully devoted to it that they are currently splitting. I'm just saying that right now it's almost like they're doubling their expected workload. Not necessarily doubling because I understand I they're not going to be the same kind of graphics for the show. But I think that just... this is something that they thought about a long time before we knew any any of this was. Even going to start start to happen and so if it is going if they aren't hiring somebody else entirely then they're increasing their their labor force i think it's just simple math well, like well they, and it's like i said well that's like i said at the beginning I, I know they figured out a way to do it because they wouldn't be committing to no, this no, entire no, service sure. if they did i just feel like not only but, did they figure out a way to do it but they figured out a way to do it relatively on the cheap for them and still make it profitable and make it as good as anything else on like I, i'm relatively confident in that like it's 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 crazy how good some of this stuff looks nowadays. I was just seeing watching something super cheesy. I can't remember what it was, but some cheesy genre thing. And someone's like hand was on fire, and I'm like, this looks really good for a TV show. Like it's preposterous how good it looks compared to like special. Like, like do you remember? Uh, do you remember uh, Mark uh, Tim? You didn't exist yet. Uh, oh wow! When, okay, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just pretty sure you're from what you've given me on your age range. But like right. when the Next Generation first prepared, pre- first premiered in like 1989, 1990, you weren't around, were you? And, uh, <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> but but when that happened, like it felt like those special effects were like cutting edge for tv like, like, like to me like I, I guess a little kid i was like these are amazing but now i go back and i look at that first season of next generation and it looks closer to the original series yeah. and it looks yeah. like anything on tv now like, like the stuff on tv now barely doesn't look like movies i just watched the two shorts for star trek discovery uh because they're doing a short a month until it comes back mark you should check those out yeah you, you have to pay for it 
Probably. <laughs> I, have a, I have a brother who has, a, uh, what do you call it? I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'll, I'll probably wait for Picard. Oh, oh man. They're, they're doing some quick digression. Sorry, Tim. They're doing some good stuff with that idea. A, a possible Michelle Yao uh, television series, Star Trek Discovery, uh, Picard television series. It's like, you see, you see the thing about the the comedic take on uh, on don't, it. Don't uh, want it. Don't need it. Uh, I don't have to watch that. But I do feel like it's it's. I think it's cool that they're doing it though. But like to be honest, like, I just like, want to know if we can get more Chris Pine Star Trek too. They just gotta get him to. They gotta, they gotta get to where they. Well, they also gotta get to where like they pay him what he it deserves at this point. You know what I mean? Is he like, still or, not in it for now? They're not. I think they're. They I haven't heard how to, They haven't worked out how to do it because of the money. Okay. Yeah, last I heard, he wasn't, and Chris Hemsworth too. But I didn't know yeah. if there were any updates. I think, both, I think they're just both like, "I want more money." No, I want more money. No, I'm the more expensive Chris. No, I'm the more <laughs> expensive Chris. And the and in the end, it's like the movie doesn't, doesn't get made. Like meanwhile, like, Chris Pratt with Guardians of the Galaxy is making however much. Chris Pratt's like, "I'll be in whatever. It's fine." <laughs> yeah. Be, meanwhile, Carl Urban is sitting there ready to act his way, you know, through everything and like channel <laughs> DeForest Kelly, and we don't get this. Like, what? What? Why? You know, kind of along the lines of what you're saying, Jerry. There was a uh, uh, there was a, a trailer I saw for a movie coming out. I think it was called White Point or something, something with white in it, and it's about a spaceship that they basically imagine whaling. Um, you know the 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 art of or not art but the the commercial enterprise of whaling but in space so the spaceship oh. go goes out to fight purgles to, to find <laughs> giant creatures that they then kill and 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 so it's kind of like a moby dick in space sort of so to speak and yeah, just space moby dick <laughs> and what i saw I, what i saw the special effects were amazing the the people that they hired to act in it and the acting looked horrible but I was like, man, this these special effects look great. So we're at the point to where special effects can look great for the dirt cheap. You know, well, it's, it's true. And I, I just feel like as the technology evolves, like it's just like everything else. It's going to keep happening. Like it's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, and and, and sci-fi shows are going to look amazing. Like like Sharknado 26 is going to look just as good. As <laughs> and it's going to be really weird because we're going to be like, come on, like give it a rest <laughs> but but don't keep making it so is avatar going to introduce 4d I think, well, they, well, what's that smell? i don't they, even i don't know someone's gonna, someone's gonna come in the theater and kick me in the balls or something or what <laughs> that's a james I have cameron no idea. Hold, james cameron holds your hand while oh that was, well, <laughs> i want i want 4d does he also buy me popcorn at least <laughs> he does it's it's it, it, for, for a little bit more uh for you get 5d uh, or, or, or you get you, you get sixty because you get the taste of the popcorn. Is oh. taste, tastes like uh, whatever? What's the planet? Uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever the Pandora. planet. The, yeah, yeah. It tastes like like the atmosphere of Pandora, and you get the additional uh, sense of of like, like happiness and affirmation because not only will James Cameron hold your hand, you get the sensation of touch, but he also tells you nice things. <laughs> like, like makes you feel better about yourself. And if you, and if you want to pay a little bit extra to 70, they will recreate the weather environments in the theater of whatever scene is occurring at that time. Oh, jeez. And for, and for just one more additional fee, Giovanni, will personally uh, apologize for saying unobtainium so many times. <laughs> <laughs> 
You, you know, though, I, I get in one instance, though, that you keep talking about ILM or you talk about ILM <laughs> because they are the name, you know, they're the prestige sort of special effects. And, and Well, they just seem like the lead, even though there are a ton, are, of, but, ton of teams that go into it from different companies. But most they, of the if time... If they said to you, hey, guess what? From now on, no Star Wars films are going to be done by ILM. They're going to be done by Weta. Would you even go, okay. I mean, you'd be like, that's fine. I can deal with that. Well, I mean, the, guy, I, the, the people that did get, uh, uh, um, the people that did uh, Lord of the Rings are not going to do Star Wars. Okay, I'm good with that. Yeah, but like also too, I could see them doing something like that, very segmented. You know, where like, it, you know, Marvel has Marvel T. And well, I know that this is different too because Marvel Plus or Marvel Plus Disney Plus will be doing stuff from Marvel Studios, not from Marvel Television, but. Who's to say, you know, ILM couldn't do the same thing where they have like, you know, here's our our streaming content and television content division and here's our feature film division and they just like expand. Like it's either either going to expand or they're going to diversify even more. And like Mark said, and like, you know, like there's already tons of people working on stuff and they're not the lead on every Marvel movie. I don't think like, are they? Uh, a lot of them. I mean, well, but but just Mark, let me go ahead and ask you, do you and this is not a trick question or anything, but do you hear a difference between the Star Wars London Symphony Orchestra versus Star Wars contract that they have now? Oh, God, yeah. I think so. Okay, so I feel like it's kind of similar where if someone else takes over for ILM, per se, for Star Wars movie, it might be fine. It might be a perfectly fine job that they do, but it is different. That feels but like the, a paranoid but, reaction okay, based on is, fear and change. Is, though, is that when I'm watching it, I don't notice anything. But if somebody if somebody says okay compare A to B then I notice the difference. Well yeah, so and for, that's what so I'm saying. Example, It'd be perfectly fine if they if someone else does. I'm just wondering if there's well, going to be a difference or not. But 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 if they if they had if they had a way to do it and say hey guess what this is this is ILM you'd be like yeah you yeah, would no, that, know the difference. That's what I'm thinking too. Like in thinking of of you know Infinity War you know there are scenes in there that have more than one you know cook in the kitchen you know there's there's gonna be a more than one special effects studio has had their hand on that frame and right you don't know what one is what piece is what like there's no there, there's i almost cursed there again i almost messed you up i saw myself <laughs> there. there's no way any of us the most anal retentive uh, obsessive compulsive detail-oriented person in the world unless they actually were involved in making it is going to be like no no loki in this scene he's on ilm <laughs> but you see him doll that's not ilm I know that's a difference too. That's the, that's what I like. There's, there's no one doing that. And so knowing that there's multiple crap on that level already, I find it pretty disingenuous that anyone, unless they're actually involved in the industry, I don't think any armchair fans are that actually, uh, are, are, are that precise with their observations. I don't think any, anyone's doing that. No one's watching venom and picking out which parts are done by ILM. That's, that's and, stupid. And you know, also, you know, let's let's talk about the. And this is kind of along the same su subject, but let's talk about the unspoken. You know, like the elephant in the room, so to speak. And that anything that that happens here is a good sort of trial balloon uh, for diverse characters. So, so you look at you know, in, in this instance, you've got Cassian who who's you know mexican american i don't know if he's mexican american i think he's mexican i guess he's, he's uh, just mexican. <laughs> so so you've got you've got a hispanic uh lead actor in a film or let's say they go okay let's let's have uh a heimdall series 
you know, or, or let's let's just go with, like I said, a Wong series uh, for Doctor Strange, or or hell, let let's let's have this series introduce Shang Chi. It's a it's a very cost effective and easy way to test the waters for for a character, rather than than putting all the the money on a character that they don't know if it's going to be successful or not. And it, and if uh, and if the character doesn't uh, if the character doesn't you know click with audiences, well then the character doesn't click with audiences. But if it does, then you can get a movie out of it. You know that person can that character can then translate to the to the big screen. And so I think we're going to start seeing a lot of things a lot more, you know, uh, 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 they're going to take more of a gamble, I think, with some of these series, which, which is a good thing, you know, let's, let's throw it out there. You know, you know, I may not be the biggest fan of Enfys Nest. I don't hate her uh, character at all. It's just what better place to put that character than, than a series on, you know, Disney plus. I think and it would it, definitely be make the most sense to start off like that. I think yeah, absolutely. Right. And if it and if it does take off, then you go bigger. Or if it, you know, or maybe they look okay. Well, this is this is something that we could do a sequel to. But either way, you know, the stuff that's on our streaming services and our television now, you know, in the old days it was like there's movies, and then there's TV. It's like that's not the way it is anymore because right. Game of Thrones is amazing television. Oh, it's I feel just, like it was a combination. I think it's a combination of Netflix and then all the other streaming sites, uh, you know, following suit and HBO that really pushed everyone's quality levels up. You know, I remember like, you know, when people were first starting to talk about, you know, now it's not not thought of in the same same way. But on Netflix, uh, what the uh, the Kevin Spacey uh, show, what is it? House of Cards. Uh, House of Cards. You know, the way people talk about House of Cards, the way. Uh, you know, basic cable shows, you know, like, like AMC kind of pushing the envelope with shows like Mad Men and whatnot, I, I, I think, and, and Breaking Bad, you know, you know, like, like uh, I feel like it, it, it's really just long form storytelling now. It, it is. And I think the long form storytelling op- offers different opportunities that films don't. And honestly, I feel like that's why the cinematic universe of like the Marvel universe is as successful as it is. Because people talk about the superhero boom, and it's like, you know, save it, talk about how super, all superhero movies are successful. Explain that one to to DC, which just had Venom just did better. I don't know if you read about League, that right? than Justice League. Oh, yeah, crazy. And it's not even out of. Uh, it's not even been in as long as Justice League was in. You know, like like it, I didn't hear that. Really, it, it could leave theaters today, and it would have done it, better. It, it made more than it. So I guess the budget for Venom was like a hundred million. It made more than that. It's opening weekend in China. No, basically, Venom did too well for Sony to not at least try to do more with that universe. So it may have ended the experiment of Marvel sharing Spider-Man. Like they, we we might have Avengers Four and uh, Far From Home, and then have Spider-Man revert back to Sony completely because they have no need to. They could. They don't need to make Spider-Man movies to make money off of Spider-Man. They can just make Venom movies. Right. And they huh. like, like Marvel wants Spider Man. Sony doesn't give a crap as long as they're making money off the, the, the property. Yeah, Sony could say, "Hey, guess what? Why don't you write a Spider Man with Venom movie, yeah, or you don't get Spider Man pay us and- extra?" Yeah, no, right. and no, and and they're going to try to renegotiate their deal if they want to. If Marvel wants to re up it, like absolutely, I think Marvel's best bet at this point, looking how it dealt with different stuff with Fox, 
It's just to buy Sony. <laughs> which, which eventually Disney will do this. Do not doubt it for a second. It's probably in their 10 year plan. Well, I, 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 I feel very confident that it is something that's been discussed. Well, and something else I would just say real quick um, about kind of in line with what Mark said, I could see like the Disney plus shows being a good, like minor leagues in a way for some yes. movies. So for That's example, a really good way to put it, let, let's say bear McCreary does the music for the Mandalorian. <laughs> if he does really, really well there, maybe he'll get a shot at the, I forget their name, but the game of Thrones guys who are doing their movies, maybe he'll yeah. get a shot at their film. I mean, I can see something like wise, that working yeah. across all different aspects of making the movie or the, the shows. If somebody does well enough, maybe they'll kind of step up to the film realm. Good, really good observation. So uh, I want to throw that in real quick. And then th- the last thing I really wanted to just ask you about, uh, I, <laughs> I don't have any context for this at all, other than I logged in Twitter probably a couple days ago. I happened to scroll past an article, didn't even click it. So it's probably super fake, but it said something about a rumor that Matt Smith was going to be Emperor Palpatine, like a younger version of himself in the movie. So how how long does it take before Matt Smith becomes uh, the new Andy Serkis and that he's going to be Snoke young in a memory or something? Seriously, though, real quick, I swear I saw that rumor like five years ago or three years ago. When it was, uh, when really? he was actually rel- yeah, when he was actually relevant, I swear that's not the first time we've seen that rumor. Like when he was on Doctor Who or something. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, huh. nice it, shade. It almost feels like they just. Ah, sorry, I didn't mean. To. <laughs> no, it's okay. It I mean, just feels I, like I, I like the guy. Okay, okay. He, he had his time. He had his chance with Terminator Genesis. How'd that go? I haven't seen that. He was in it. Yeah. Yeah. All, all I know about Terminator okay. is give me like, like, can one of these streaming services give me more Sarah Connor Chronicles? Like that's all I want. Like that's, that's all <laughs> such a good show. So what I'm hearing is we don't think Matt Smith is going to be the emperor. <laughs> I really died. I highly doubt that. I have not read anything about that. I did not see that. I don't believe it for a second. Well, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yeah. And early on, everybody was saying Donald Gleason was going to be uh, Luke's son. You know, like, oh, some of that stuff was so obviously silly. Like, right. like it was just like I, I remember that one that BS. It was that he was going to be the, Hux, uh, but, but then at the end. At the end, he was going to reveal, oh uh, snap, I'm secretly Luke's son. <laughs> I was in deep cover being Luke's son. <laughs> It's just like oh, deep cover. Just, he, he wasn't just going to be like another Kylo, and that he was Luke's son turned bad. He was deep cover. Yeah, he was going to be secretly working ah, with the guys. Well, and he's going to pop twist. out and be like, "Hey, yo, I'm I am son. your son." <laughs> oh my god, I really wish that would have happened so bad. <laughs> that That's, okay. It's a shame they didn't film like goofy outtakes on purpose during Force Awakens, where they had a scene where Kylo takes off his helmet and tells that to uh, to Harrison Ford. <laughs> son I am your son it's a shame <laughs> yeah that would have been pretty good we just need we just need this to be finally introduced John Solo uh, Kylo's fraternal twin who's just been gone he's been out of town for a long time and he comes back and it's like Wait, what's, what's going on I miss so much that'd be John a Star Wars story <laughs> Which okay, I, I prefer it though if his name was uh, 
like Jan Solo. Like, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Like J-A-N, and his name's just, they call him Jan. I like that. <laughs> and some people call him Yan. No, no, you, no, that's where you totally have Lando be a supporting character in that. And he always, he just calls him Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, he just stares daggers at him, but says nothing. He just never corrects, so he just looks at him he like, He calls him Jan, that's great. <laughs> you know that's not right. So <laughs> at the beginning, I promised I would be the king of segues tonight, and I haven't really had to do that many. So give me before we go, just give me one topic to get to, so I can show my segue skills, so we can get there, and then we can end. Uh, Battlefront. Oh, okay. Well, uh, with all of these Disney Plus series that are going on, I've been really wondering what other, how far back they're going to go with these. Like, for example, would we ever get like a General Grievous? Disney Plus series. Oh. And, spe- and we can go back to that, but speaking of General Grievous, he was just recently introduced as a new character into Battlefront 2, uh, I think two oh. weeks ago. So if anybody's interested in playing as him, I don't care about him. There you go. <laughs> now, go back to the Grievous Disney Plus. Good General Grievous series. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? The possibility, Tim just introduced in my mind the possibility of a General Grievous series on Disney Plus, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm but but how how far back do they go? They're not limited to what Disney's made right now. They can make. They're not. They're not. Know. But, and the thing is, we don't even know where they're going yet with the guys from Game of Thrones. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Just had a thought. This, this relates to something that Mark has brought up before in the past, and everything we're learning now. And <laughs> and I'm also going to include what Tim was just talking about. We're going to give ILM a break. We're going to call in the Henson boys, and we're going to say, "Hey guys, we need to make a young Yoda series, and it's not anything to do with origins. It's just a young Jedi exploring some mind balls tripping, you know, mind bending, <laughs> crazy psychedelic forcey stuff." <laughs> and it'd be super dark crystally, and that'd be rad. I would watch the crap out of that show. Can we? Can we Eight give episodes. him, Boom, give him the, the pipe though? Right. Can we have Yoda like? Okay, oh, Mark, you're, you're really kind of so, robot cutting out for a second. Yeah, yeah. Slow down. What's up? Okay, hold on. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. So, what if Yoda's like the crypt keeper, right? And at the start of every every episode, he's sitting in his little hut. And he starts token on his pipe from the concept art. I like this. And that, he's just telling stories. Yes, and that's just like remember the time. <laughs> and, and then he just the smoke becomes like the flashback. And <laughs> I love this. Every and episode is like a is like a, a you know. Uh, hi. It'd be so funny if he was talking to like a little like Muppet like like Dagobah frog creature thing. Like he's just like so, I remember the time. And he just, <laughs> Muppet before, Gila before he puts the before he puts the lizard in a stew. And then, oh my god! No, and then the end of the series, like the last scene, is Luke crashing in the pond. Oh, that would be amazing. That'd be so oh, great. I would love he's, that. He's and, just so he's so lonely. Just. Smoke it out on mushrooms growing in Dagobah, talking to the lizards, and then Luke crash lands. It'd be, be great, great too if the whole <laughs> and then the whole framing sequence throughout this series, uh, all eight episodes, we see him talking to the lizard, but then he bops the lizard in the head, throws him in the stew. Luke crashes and turns the point of view, and you see uh, 
uh, Force Ghost Qui Gon for just a split second, and he fades away. <laughs> he was talking to Qui Gon the whole time. <laughs> but Qui Gon shaking his head like, "What?" He's just like, "No, what has become none of this happened. <laughs> I, I, I was there, and none. Of it, right? like, like, you've lost your damn mind." <laughs> Uh, that would be a great dope. series for Disney Plus. Yeah, hire it us, would. Hire us to develop this. We got we got ideas. <laughs> and all I'm saying is that we we now have to give me more segues because these are two great ideas we've had <laughs> that were birthed from my segues. That's true. Toka. I didn't even know that he's Toka. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see him. I I need to see him on like a a spirit journey. Just. It's eating peyote, uh, going in like the sweat lodge and just losing his effing mind. What if he turned like his little hut into like a sweat lodge? Be such a weird flashback to like him him hanging out with like I don't know young Dooku. And, like, no, <laughs> even past that, to where he's just like he's at he's at the disco on Coruscant, just like partying. He's at the bar. <laughs> All right, you know I, I just when, had a... back when Yoda was doing below. In the space 80s. <laughs> I just had a new idea, and it's something that I, I, I kind of like. And we'll do this to, as kind of like a, a, a part of a wrap-up for an episode. For I'm going to give you guys like thought homework for just for next week. We'll have an answer for next week. And if anybody listening wants to give us their answers for next week, we can do that too. My thought if, dog ate, ate my thought homework, Tim. <laughs> um, if, if, for whatever reason and if you have an answer now don't give it save it for next week but if you ever have to come up with for, for a, a show or flashback or whatever if they have to find a young Dooku who would you cast for that we're not de-aging CGI Christopher <laughs> Lee like de-aging Christopher Lee like, like that Dark Tim. De aging CGI Christopher Lee is what I said. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but no, if we have to cast a young Dooku, just thought for next week, who would you go with? I'm not even going to remember the question next week unless you bring it up. I will DM it to you every day. Maybe I already, have, I already have one. We'll write it down and we'll discuss it next okay. week. Matt Ooh, Smith. I... There we go. That doesn't work. <laughs> that does not work. <laughs> The dude who played the one crazy like Russian god guy in uh, in American Gods. I, I might have to rewind the tape, and I'm pretty sure I said if you have an answer, save it for next week. He's also in Weeds. You know, <laughs> Mark. He's really big, burly, but he's like tall and like kind of lanky. I think he did a good job. I'm gonna have to think of this now because Tim's so angry that we're like not playing his game. Ooh, how young are we talking <laughs> about? Ar- Army Hammer. I do. Oh, he was angry today, wasn't he? Oh, you oh, didn't see it. Yeah, I missed that. What he did? He he was angry that people were tweeting selfies with Stan Lee as a remembrance. Wait, wait that made Army Hammer mad? Why? Yes, because it's not about you. It's about Stan Lee. I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase or no uh, maybe maybe directly quote uh, Nick Kroll. As his character from Oh Hello, the uh, which is a Broadway thing, and a, a character, a recurring segment on his show, the Kroll Show on, uh, on Comedy Central, but with him and John Mulaney. But he says, uh, "You need to find a, a picture 
a watermarked Getty image, he says, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> this person, and tweet it, you know, if it says, you know, hashtag, you know, RIP, this, and it means the world to these dead people. He's <laughs> 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 talking about how when Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman died, how the two of them took it upon themselves to make it about them, because <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> So, it's, oh, it, it's like it's like what what bridge? Right, it's a hill to die on, or bridge to die on. But it's like, really, I haven't heard from you in a long time, Army Hammer. And this is a he used to just be like, don't tweet pictures of you with Stanley. It's not about well, and, you; it's about Stanley. And here's my question, at Army Hammer: Is he the arbiter of good taste, or like, or <laughs> or, 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 or like, like morning etiquette? Because my thing what the hell does he have to do with stan lee hey. he's never been a marvel character has he uh, no he was gonna be batman but that's about it <laughs> still still doesn't give him any authority over stan lee, <laughs> stan lee right. didn't stan lee saying, write batman for one thing like cross worlds or something uh just imagine stan lee created there batman he was a, 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 a he was basically luke cage he was a african-american a guy falsely accused of something went to prison, came out, became a boxer, and then and, and then he turns into Spider-Man because then he makes he becomes a masked wrestler and wears the Batman costume and becomes a hero. But he wasn't Bruce Wayne; he wasn't technically Batman. It's a one-issue stunt. Uh, that even sound like Batman. It wasn't Batman, and like Robin was a like a ninja or something. Like like, like the whole Just Imagine Stanley thing is all. It was a fun idea, I guess, but it's basically him getting to work with high-profile creators at DC. And yeah, get to have his name at DC once. Uh, ever, <laughs> so he can be like, I've done everything. <laughs> so we got what, like two more cameos with Stanley, Captain got, Marvel, and Avengers. Th- did they film the Captain Marvel one right? They definitely filmed. I imagine Avengers, they filmed both Avengers of them. Four. I, I I read that they already filmed Avengers four. Captain Marvel's done, I think, except for post production. So you'd think, yeah, you'd think they already covered it. Um, my my shout out to him is something that my brother and I talked about a long time ago. My brother, who is a comic book publisher, uh, we just talked about how. When you think about it, like, yeah, there's big names in publishing throughout history, like William Randolph Hearst and stuff. But most people we know alive today don't know who he was. And most people in the world probably didn't know who he was then, like, because they were most people didn't pay attention to stuff like that. And we didn't have social media the way we do now. But Stan Lee made comic books in America and is probably along like just behind Hugh Hefner, like the most recognizable publisher of all time. Like, like he'd be, he was a, a persona. And you think about that, like most people don't even know anything about comic books, but everybody knew who Stanley was. And that's something, well, that's something. it's kind of cool. And even then think about his voice, you know, and there, there's a decent amount of, uh, of cartoons that he narrated, uh, you know, when well, we were always, growing up. always remember the pilot to Pride of the X Men, the the X Men cartoon pilot, where he narrated the whole thing, and talked about you know Magneto's, you know, uh, you know, mutant ma- master of magnetism, <laughs> like, like and Emma Frost, you know, breaking him free, and like him setting up the whole thing, and like it was made by whoever animated the GI Joe series at the time. And I remember like just being super like distinct, and it, it that had a huge impact on me as a little kid, and. I, uh, he's, uh, you know, whether people realize it or not, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that's popular, popular entertainment today is because of him, you know, and, and certainly, you know, there are two things in my life, uh, growing up that, uh, that was a big deal. It was Star Wars and it was Marvel Comics. You know, I, I love DC, but I was always a Marvel guy, first and foremost. And he co created like most of their most successful, uh, oh, franchises. Oh, God, yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, I, I've seen him multiple times at, at various comic cons and it's all, it's like, yeah, Stanley, you know, he's like the, the kindly old grandfather who's always around and, and he lived a long life. You know, a lot of people are sad about it and you know, I'm, I'm sad too, but at 95, man, you lived a, you lived a hell of a long life and, uh, you, you contributed a lot to, uh, to, you know, pop culture to, to film, to movies, you know, to, to literature, obviously, you know, you and I owe a lot, uh, as far as uh, being able to read to comic books, Jared. Oh, for uh, sure. So, you know, hats off to that guy, you know, God bless him. Uh, I, I hope, uh, wherever galaxy or world he goes to after this is, uh, well, no, and, and like, than, than it's always, it's always sad when, you know, when people pass, but like, I was just thinking a little bit today about like, he did a lot of really good stuff. Like, like he talked, he, he, he uh, my girlfriend sent me a quote where he'd said, like, let me, let me read it real quick. It is a, it's just really, really sweet and, and, and a wonderful sentiment from him. But he said, uh, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer and other people were building bridges or going on, med- going on to medical careers. But then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. And I feel if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. And like just that in and of itself is, I think, important. And I think it gets worth mentioning, you know, people care about things like being progressive now, you know, in 2018, almost 2019, you know, we, we think about, uh, you know, progress and moving ahead. And, you know, while Stan Lee was still actively involved with Marvel Comics, uh, you know, 30 years ago, they had out characters who were gay and, and bisexual. And, you know, he created Black Panther, you know, at a time when there were no, you know, you know, black superheroes. And at the time when like the Black Panther party was just forming, <laughs> like, like, you know, he, he was, a, he, he put uh, women in position of power, both at, at Marvel and, you know, in the, in the comic books themselves. Like he, he was a progressive dude who I think, wanted to make the world a better place and wanted to like move into the future and, and uh, push the envelope in a lot of ways, I think. And, and you know, he wasn't a perfect human because nobody is, but I feel like he was uh, admirable and I'm, I'm with you, Mark. Like we should give a shout out to him. He was, uh, especially I think towards the end, you know, we talked about how like he didn't really always sound like himself. There was some controversy, like different yeah. people. There were accusations of people taking advantage of him, and then like cases where it was definitely found that people were taking advantage of him, and like, and it, it just, it, it's it's never a good thing. But at the same time, he was a ninety-five year old man who's ex- exceptionally like the most successful he could be in his career and in his industry. Like he was a pioneer. He basically invented superheroes, like the genre. Him and his friends when they were teenagers, <laughs> like they, they they made it up, and it's the biggest thing there is today. And 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 he defined an American art form while it was developing, like like uh, so of, of comic right. books. So he's an important dude. Absolutely. And and uh, I, I'm sure, God, I'm sure I've, there 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 will be one, you know. There's a couple coming up one day that will affect me. Uh, I don't. Tim knows one. Yeah, I know one. Uh, I think. Yeah. Oh, good lord! I, I might. It's going to be break, rough. I'll break down on that one. 
because I don't think anybody has affected me as much as John Williams has as far as music goes. And that's that just, yeah. just, just in general. My life, you know, I was talking with my son about this the other day. You know, it's one of those odd sort of uh, questions like, would you, would you, if you had to choose, you know, would you be blind or deaf? And, and I think music I have to hear, you know, I, I need that in my life. You know, uh, visually, you know, you'd miss out on things. But I, but I think the idea of just being able to hear songs and music uh, or, or not be able to hear that would, would be would be something that I, I couldn't take. You, you know, for me, so for me, he, he's played a, a large part in, in everything, you know, since I was a kid. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough when you're hero people that have created, you know, popular culture uh, pass away because you know, like, like Stanley, you know, he's lived a long life. He, he created a million things that, that, you know, we'll remember, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, this guy, he really did affect me and, and create things that, that made me happy. And you always got to give, give a shout out to those, to those people and, and remember them fondly because they certainly make a good impact on you growing up and, 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 and in your life. Yeah. The countless people who are going to be enjoying the benefits of his work forever. Like just the little kid, the little kid out there whose favorite character is the Hulk, you know, like they're going to, yeah, they're gonna, that's going to live for a long time. And Spider-Man, I mean, X, the X-Men, everything. And I, yeah. and I don't think I, in some of the stuff, I, I think the best fantastic fours are, are, are still coming. Uh, as far as movies go, the the best X-Men stuff is still coming. Oh, yeah, like Kevin Feige and 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 uh, crew doing Fantastic Four gives me so much hope for it. Oh. Like they've, they've had so many tries, and they've not been like like. I mean, Roger Corman. With, I'm, I'm sure you you. I don't know if you saw yeah, it out yeah. I did. But yeah, it's not worth it. They tried. The, I mean, he, he tried. It's just not good. And I feel like that. You know the the Sony. Uh, not Sony. The Fox ones. They were not good either, but they tried, you know, but like, I, I can appreciate the effort made. Uh, but at the same time, like this one, I have faith in, especially uh, who is it? Oh, what's the guy? The uh, uh, bring it on and and uh, and Ant-Man. Uh, <laughs> the, the director of Ant-Man, uh, he he wants to do it. He's he's like said he has ideas. He's, he's he has like six different ways to introduce the Fantastic Four into the Marvel universe if they let him. Uh, Pey- Peyton okay. Reed, that's his name. Okay, it literally just popped up as I searched for it. And you, you you said Peyton Reed as I'm reading it. There you go. So, um, and so just first off regarding Stanley, just um, I also want to throw in there. I'm hoping that this is a uh, as much as possible peaceful time for his family, and that it's you know. However, it turned out, I don't know the details, but whatever happened, that it was as positive as it could be. Um, and I also just want to throw in there, I, I, Army Hammer wouldn't want me saying this, but I do feel kind of lucky because of when I was at a New York Comic Con, of the, uh, not including the panels, but just like the, the signing area, three of the celebrities I remember seeing there and just getting to just like look at them is uh, Carrie Fisher and Stanley, or, or two of the three who stayed in my mind. So I'm just happy that I was able to get that opportunity to f- actually see him in person um, because of how impactful he is in, in so many people's lives. And just getting that chance was really great. Uh, you know, before we go, uh, Jared, let me ask you something. I know 
it's a quick quick quiz and then we're good to go um you said you have a like a phd in batmanology right yeah i totally believe you 100 percent. i put my faith in this but i just happened to come across this little factoid about batman the other day and i'm like i wonder if jared knows this so this isn't okay. like a test of your phd i'm just wondering if this is something that you know or not all right uh apparently bruce wayne's clock unlocks a secret door to the back cave when the hands are set to a certain time which is the time that his parents were murdered uh do you know what the time is Oh, no. um, ooh, I'm... I mean, even if you did know, but if currently forgot, I'll accept that as you know. No, I don't have top of my head. I know it's in the, because it's, you know, uh, you know, they got out of the movie at night. It's like, it's not midnight because he was a little kid. It's like 10 something, but I can't remember. I can't remember the exact time. That's, you know, I'll still accept that. That's good enough. Apparently, it's 1047. No, like, like, it was not one that came to mind immediately. It feels like there may have been times it was something different. Yeah. Like, but, like, I, but I'm not 100% sure. But that's because of all the different mediums and whatnot, you know, like one cartoon right. or one something, and then some jerk and some Batman message board like argued like no there was one time it was not that like <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was just know, wondering because I, I do yeah. know Superman's apartment number is 1938 uh, Sullivan is, uh, is the address of his apartment building but no I do well, not I, I was just wondering because when I saw that I'm like the only person I could think of who would possibly have a remote chance of knowing that is you I bet there's some, so. some folks that might surprise you that might know that as well like I don't know I mean it could be but just off the top of my head I'm like Jared um, all right. Well, uh, so I guess before we go, let me just go ahead and remind everybody, uh, Mark, Jared, and anybody listening who wants to participate, let me know who Young Dooku is in your book. And then as we go, That's Jared, you, you have a send off that you, as of last time we recorded, you have to say every time. So I'm good to say bye. We'll see everybody next time. And I'm going to let Jared have the floor. Oh, good wrap up, bud. <laughs> Fit it right in. <laughs>